Hello and welcome back to the Stadio Podcast. I'm Musa Konga. I'm Ryan Hun. And this is The Art of Finishing with Mr. Ian Wright. It is. Missed off the beginning of the question that you asked him first. We're just going to get straight into the interview, right? Yeah, let's get we don't need, you know, yeah. You've already heard us this week. You don't need to hear us again. Yeah, it's cool. Let's so basically, uh, you were saying that you, th- you were thinking of players that reminded you of him now. Yeah, And absolutely. David Villa was the one that came to mind. That's right, yeah, yeah. So we're going to start with Ian Wright talking about that well, what else is he talking he talks about some trash talking he talks about favourite goals favourite goals he scored goals underrated his movement players he played with I think he talks chipping as well a lot of chipping yeah lots of chips I suppose let's just get straight into it enjoy Moose and I chatting to Ian Wright good times Within 40 yards yeah, of goal, yeah. there was a danger. He could score from anywhere, right? Close and far out. But also, strangely, goes he goes under the radar. If you think about like the consistency in the goal scoring and the volume that Villa yeah, did it at, and he yes. scored at every level. Oh, yeah. Right, and I just think of you. So I wonder, like, you were playing today. Which team do you think would suit best your style? If you look at the elite teams now. Jesus. Um... Got a cup of tea for you before you answer that. Yeah, um, <laughs> such, a, such a good question, is because um, fascinating. I, 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 I watch the teams all the time, and I always watch them and think to myself, "Could I play for them? Could I play for Arsenal right now? The way Arsenal playing, I could play for United." Yeah. You know what I mean? I like to think I could play for them, but you could. Yeah, I'm talking I about you. You could play for them, but the way I had to play mm. on the shoulder, you know, not linking so much, especially. Right. You know, but just being in and around the area to, be, the, to score. The tip of the arrow, maybe. Yeah. Like a, maybe like a 4-3-3, three, three, but the tip of the... Right at the tip, yeah. Yeah. And when you look at the way um, the teams play now, mm. um, everybody has to do more. Look, look at what we've seen with Aguero. Right, right. You know what I mean? I don't know how I'd get on with that because I'd probably be in the Aguero mould in the way that Aguero plays. Mm. Yeah, you track back to a certain extent, but you want to be in and around the area where you're scoring. That's where you want to do all your work. Um, so you'd have to say the way that Manchester City play, I might get more opportunities to to score goals like that. I'm not, I'm, I, you know something? It's such a good question. I, I, I don't even know because I look at the teams and I don't know. How about Real? Do you know why I say Real? Oh, I, I thought you were only talking the Premier League. No. Well, actually, do you know what? Because I think I was thinking Premier League, but then I thought to myself, actually, if you look at Real, a bit more broken midfield, mm. almost more more room for someone to improvise. I think yeah. that's, does that make sense? Like they, yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. When you look at um, the way the team's playing now. Um, especially in the Premier League, um, you can see Barcelona. They, you know what I mean. And they need a nine like that. They need someone that does that. Yeah, but yeah. like the fact is, is that there's room in their team for improvisation. You can see that. Um, um, you looked at the way that Real Madrid played with Ronaldo, and he seems like he was the main person who would do anything he wanted. But in the main, you look at Barcelona. They, they the way Messi finishes does yeah. all this stuff. You know what I mean? He don't really see many other players finishing and playing like that and even when I think back to the goals I scored and how I scored them it was from my 
Sunday morning upbringing where I was scoring at such an alarming rate. I didn't really think I was doing anything of any particular, like, brilliance. You know what I mean? I scored to, like, three or four goals a game. Right. And I started to just try to score goals where I'm actually aiming for the post or aiming for the crossbar or aiming for the outside of the post to see if you could bring it in because... You wow. scored, yeah. So I want to start out of boredom almost. You know something? It's, it's it's disrespectful to say it's out of boredom, but I was playing at levels simply because I, I, I went for the trials. I didn't think I was good enough um, because they all rejected me. But when I was playing Sunday morning football, I would constantly score goals um, to the point where it's not boredom. Mm. It's just almost like... Without the marshes. Test yourself. Marshes, Blackheath, all around South East London. Um, all, wherever wherever we played, um, just to just because you could it was almost but, like sorry, sorry, by boredom. Just to clarify, not disrespecting the other guys, mm. almost like in your own mind because you knew you could do those finishes. Yeah, so, so like pushing, so pushing all yourself. of a sudden it kind of turns into a you know inadvertently you're you're literally training yourself to mm. do things. So it'd be left. I remember playing some games where I literally play the whole game just trying to only play my left foot. Right. So this is why there was goals I scored to and I couldn't, didn't even remember. Oh, gosh, I scored my... Yeah, that was my left foot. Because it came so natural in the end because I played some of those Sunday morning games only using my left foot. No matter how it was put into you, whatever happens. And I've done it when I used to train as well. I used to, used to train at Palace when I started doing it and I'd train just using my left foot. So I was just, you know, everything with left foot, outside of left foot, inside of left foot, try to chip with left foot, volley, do everything with just left foot. And I do that when I played Sunday and I just brought it brought it in and that's why when I played I would try whatever in the box You, for me you've got licence to do what you want as a striker you know what I mean because I'm not afraid that the fans are going to go it's a shit effort or this and that I'm not bothered about missing I'd rather get a ooh from the crowd than not have the shot and people say oh why didn't he shoot there you know what's funny because I think about the way you play and I think of like I look at Atletico Madrid now yes and I look at George Graham's Arsenal and it's almost like they're missing, again, that improv player where they've got those two banks of four outlets. It's actually very English. And they need their front men to make something. Make right. something. Yeah, and lose. almost like George Graham, what I love about him is he had this, I think he was a more sophisticated coach, people give him credit. He was like, I can basically lock down the yeah. midfield and the defence mm-hmm. and allow Land Ian Wright to, to do that, to, that freedom to just really... You know, what, he, you know what he done was, he, it was actually, when I joined Arsenal for the first um, seven, eight months once I got used to it, um, I'd say for the, for the 18 months, all we done was worked on um, defence. It was about us defending as a team. Mm. That's why I always find it so weird that teams don't defend as a team and you think they've got unbelievable offensive players, but they can't defend as a team. That's all we worked on at Arsenal to the point where I was, used to argue with George Graham, saying, are we going to do anything for the forwards here? Mm. And he might do some finishing. But what it was, it was uh, a game what we played was, once he got um, over the halfway line, you'd do what you want. That's what George Graham's um, thing was. We were we were solid as a team. The right. first line of defence was Alan Smith and Merce. He used to base everything off of Ian Rush. So Alan Smith and Merce was the first line of defence. And then once you've done your bit of defending, once we are attacking, do what you want. But you weren't included in the first line of defence. No, no, no. You were completely free. To... Absolutely. So you, you chased them down for a bit, but then it was mainly down to um, just being in the area. George Graham wanted you in the area to counter-attack and win and, and score goals that must be a hell of a compliment from someone like George Graham who you know obviously we never played under him but you hear a lot about how 
how detailed he was, or like a bit of a disciplinarian. Did you get any jealousy from the rest of the lads? Well, being like, well he what, gets away with what he no, can do. No, no, no. What, what I remember, Adam Smith and Adam Smith um, wrote about in his book. He spoke about it very well. And when he done his book, Al was very complimentary towards me because of the way I started, and it literally kind of eased him out. But he, he remembers um, George Graham saying, "Well, it's pointless, it's pointless coaching him now." You know what I mean? So he just he just put me in the structure of yeah, when that happens and you close down. But in the main, he just let he just let me get on with it, George, George Graham. Actually, it's weird. Look at Simeone and Diego Costa. It's a similar thing, isn't it? Because Diego Costa kind of runs right. You know, he just does what he wants. He basically mm-hmm. goes like Diego Costa. They would just give him forty yards on yeah. the break. And actually, Griezmann to an extent when they went to the final mm-hmm. the last time, Griezmann against Bayern. You're like, there's one guy against well, four, four. Yeah, but he yeah. would go to town. He it was like, it's like, like oh, this is a party. Yes, like, it's like some actually, players you got to keep free. Just yeah. like their mind free, just because otherwise I think it's just. I feel like that as well because um, even with Arsene Wenger, with his more methodical kind of playing, mm. he even said to me, "Just stay there, just stay there." Just... <laughs> <laughs> and the thing about it is, is that it wasn't for any other reason. He knew it was all about goals with me. Like you got Dennis and you got Patrick and you got yeah. Man. He said, where, "Where are you going as well? What are you getting involved in that for?" So just stay there. And it was just ultimate compliment. Actually, I want I want to have a thought about this because. You're there in this role and you're free up front, but you know you look behind you and sometimes the rest of the team are a bit more deep and more mm. conservative. When you started a game, did you look at the back four and think, I'm, I'm having you guys for lunch? How was the psychological? How did you have your head to... Once Dennis, especially once Dennis got involved, um, you know, um, I've got, I got to mention Paul Merson because when we first started, Paul Merson and his limpa, in respects of creating chances, um, it was it was just like it was just kept coming. And some of the times I'd I'd score two goals, I hadn't even had three four touches properly um, because they, I was getting chances so quickly and so frequently. Um, so when when Dennis got involved and, and how good he was, it, it for me it just it took me another 30 percent in respect of the way my game was. Chances just kept coming. And when you're playing with better players, you know, they see it quicker. You know, by the time I know, Dennis would pass the ball and I wouldn't even need to touch it, just go and finish it. It was, it was, it was that kind of, it was that kind of um, relationship we had. You know, the better the players were, the more I didn't need to be involved in anything other than being in the box. And then when I'm in the box, to improvise and do whatever it takes to try and finish it. You know, it was something that I don't, I'm not even thinking about it now because you're asking the question, but mm. I was just in the team to score. How long did it take you during a game to kind of know? Um, I knew that I was as quick as most of them. I mean, they were as quick as you. you. You have to, you know, when you get the really intelligent ones and that, you, you know, you've got to do a little bit more. That's where people like Dennis um, come, come in handy and Patrick because they can f- thread the ball with either needle. So you, you only need half a yard. That, and, and so I wasn't afraid of any defender that I was coming up against, especially when you've got like people like Dennis and Patrick and all that around you, they were more afraid knowing that they know that it's only going to be half a chance and probably going to take it. You don't think of yourself saying, I'm going to take half a chance. Um, or when you're going through a goal, you're thinking that now people speak to you and they say, yeah, when you go for I thought, yeah, it's a goal. I never thought like that. But I suppose the defenders would because, and plus I would tell them as well. I was, I was, thinking, I was thinking of yeah. Merson's hands and... Merson yeah. had his arms yeah, up yeah, in the before cup, you, yeah. yeah. Merce always was celebrating already when I was running from goal. It's the biggest compliment you could get. And I think it was this, this, the replay of the FA Cup final against Sheffield Wednesday. And I remember when Alan Smith put me through 
And all I was thinking when I was going through was just keep this out of your feet because I know Chris Woods is going to eat. He's going to edge out. He's going to continuously edge out. I've seen him do it before. Just continuously edging out, edging out. And I knew that as long as the ball wasn't travelling too fast, I'd be able to then get my foot under it to dink it over him. Right. As soon as the ball goes through from Alan Smith, Merce has already put his arms <laughs> up in the air. You can't get any bigger compliment than that. What I like about this, because I wanted to get into you as well, you've, you've preempted it a bit, but talking. So you're this interesting mix of, very animated, but you're this brutally cold-blooded finisher. I see basketball players, like Michael Jordan did that, right? Mm. He was the, he talked so much, but then when it came to shoot, he was brutal. And I'm like, how much did you talk? What did you say to defenders? Like, are you constantly talking? In the- I, I don't know. I'd, I'd say to them, listen, you was, even if it wasn't true, I'd say to them, you was the focal point of like, our boss's talk he said you're the one I should play on you're the one who's going to give me something <laughs> and you know you say that to him and if, even if he even if it didn't happen you could say he's thinking oh shit man they're talking about me <laughs> and the same with the goalkeeper so the goalkeeper said you, 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 you pat a lot of down I go, we, we've seen it the goalkeeper coach told me watch him doesn't grab anything follow him in all the time and you know what I mean and so you say that to them just to just to make them think about it, even if they're thinking, talking bollocks. It goes in there. It goes in there, so they know. And I say, yeah, if you drop it, next thing you're going to hear is the crowd. You know what I mean? <laughs> and, and it was a time where you could challenge the goalkeeper. So it's, if it's 50-50, I'm going in as if it's a 50-50 on um, a player outfield because then you know that he's going to be a little bit hesitant. And sometimes that's all you need is him to be a little bit hesitant. Split about second. Coming. And then you get a split second that might give you the toe poke. So you can toe poke it in because he's hesitated, whereas the goalkeeper is waiting for the striker to have a bad touch so as he can go and, and smother him. I'm waiting for the goalkeeper to be hesitant in coming out. So it gives me that extra um, fraction of a second to be able to toe poke it under him or hit it to the side where he's, he's trying to come and narrow the angle. Dave Seaman told me all these things. We used to do loads of goalkeeping sessions with Dave we didn't want to dive about after training so we used to talk a lot me, him and Bob Wilson they told me everything a cheat code it's like a cheat code yeah 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 it is literally two decent keepers so then, you know what I mean so what happened is is that I'd say Dave what happens when I get to this end of the, what if I'm bearing down on goal you know the 18 yard box you've mm. got the little semicircle there and I'm coming in on the left what's the goalie doing you say well firstly I've got to at some stage got to go to the side where you're going because I've got to know that the goalkeeper strikes the top to hit across the goalkeeper so I've got to get across to make sure I'm narrowing the angle but then it's up to the striker the striker takes it early when I'm on the way across and I've got to set myself sometimes see goalkeepers their feet are off the ground yeah that's when they, they don't even move when you've taken it early George Weyer did that George yeah. Weyer had a famous finish where very often the goalkeeper is standing upright mm. and his hands are like this because George Weyer doesn't slow down before he shoots no so there's no, there's, there's no tell his there's hands no, are like exactly like this, right? That's the that's about taking it early. Goalkeepers can't. The thing is, remember the goalkeepers and what they're going through is a regimented passage of play. Mm. If the ball's going that side. He has to go that side, right? You know, I remember I scored a goal against Leeds um, when Dennis flicked it to me. It kind of hit me in the face, but I was trying to Weatherall. You floated over Weatherall. Was, I, was it I, I, I commented on your Instagram post this the other day saying yes. terrible pass. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I, I said it was great control with my face. <laughs> but the thing with it is, is that. What, again, what happens is, is that um, I'm trying to control it and all the time I'm trying to get it out of my feet. It's only once I saw it afterwards, people like Dennis or any, never even came to, to assist me or maybe I would have tried to hold the ball to lay it off. Didn't even, if you watch that goal again, 
Dennis is just jogging up behind me. Don't know if he thinks that something's going to happen, but all what's happening with me is I'm trying to get the ball into a situation where I can shoot mm. and Weatherall's in front trying to sort his feet. And then as I was going, I just sort of saw the semicircle and I was like, there is no way John Lukic, because I haven't even looked up at him, there's no way John Lukic is expecting anything else. Just chipped it, bam, just killed him. I'm it glad, was, this is my favourite goal of yours and I'm glad seriously. you mentioned it, because I saw you making the adjustment. I'm like, he's going to use Weatherall, poor Weatherall is going to become the goalkeeper's greatest enemy in a second. He doesn't even know it. Well, well, I know as well for a fact that Weverell was... He's not somebody that's going to try and tackle you. He's, he's going to try and... He's waiting for you to have the bad touch so as he can tow it or something. But he's just backing off, backing off to his area, almost like, you know, he's, he was afraid. It's like he's afraid. So the closer I'm getting to the area, then John Lukic is obviously in there saying, oh, Weverell's got him, so let me sort my... Bam, it's been chipped. Because as soon as it came out of my feet enough, I just chipped it because the goalkeeper could have easily been on his line and just caught it. And then everyone said, oh, what's he doing? But like, if he's not on his line, he'd chip him. All of a sudden people say... And you had the angle like, because you were on your body. It's like you're yeah. 45 degrees to go. Absolutely. Goal. So I'm here, my body's like that. Exactly. And I chip it back that way. Complete disguise, come yeah. back across arms. Does, yeah. does that come from what you were saying before about Sunday League stuff? Yeah, absolutely. It's just like, it's just... Right, this is where I am. This is my spot. I know where I'm going. Yeah, because I think that um, as a striker, um, anything in and around the box, you're well within your rights to, to shoot or do what you want. I, I'm not really one to apologise to people who might be making overlapping runs. and I didn't really apologise for that. And they wasn't really... Um, the people who would say, oh, right, yeah, I was on. They know that that's me. I'm, I'm in there to do what I'm Mr. doing. Mr. So, absolutely so. I, all, all, I, all I care about once I was in there was hitting the target. That's all I wanted to do. I'm not bothered about the goalkeeper being there and it was a, it was a, it was a poor shot and he just catches it. I'm, I'm more, more happy that I've hit the target. One thing I want to say, sometimes you see players like Zidane, you know when Zidane had three or four touches early in the game, he was on. Mm-hmm. Now, did you have a thing where you had to like, I've got to get a shot off in the first five minutes just to keep like, get the blood running or were you like, would you happy just be like a coach? Like Romario. Romario could just sit there for 70 minutes and be like, and then come out. I like to have something, something flashy, something that's, you know, across and then you just get across the near post and, you know, it was anything like that. Just to get know. in there, make yeah, it Yeah, and first. then you hear the crowd do their noise and then you feel, yes, yeah, happening. I, I liked, um, I liked when with Dennis, we always tried to start off with, once Dennis got it, you showed up for him. So if Dennis was here, I'd just follow, follow him here. I'd got in the line there if he's there. If he goes there, I'd make sure I'm on here or behind him. So then anything I could say around the corner, Dennis let it come around the corner, lead it lead back to me, lay it back to me. So it's that nice always shot. like ten, always like yeah. ten yards from him. Yeah, always like kind yeah, of something like that because he can find you, he can find you. So I'd like to make sure that I was in and around him because he would just turn around the corner and I'd give it back to him, and then you bam, you're on, you feel sharp. Let's just talk about Dennis Burkamp because this magical, mm. magical playmaker, like almost felt like he was. I look at some of your goals and I feel like you. I was like, I think he did that because it looked nice. And it, no, just, I know it's the most effective way of finishing, but part of me is like, your goals were aesthetic. They looked nice. You know, a lot of the best goals you scored. And Burkamp sometimes scored goals. I was like, has he scored that for fun? Has he done that because it's. Yeah. Does that like, make sense? You know what, the one at Newcastle when I had an interview with him. Mm. It's just the way he explains how that happened. He said Robert Perez's pass was behind him. 
and then he had to deal with it. And people talk about, well, did he do it on purpose? It's the, it's the improvisation and how quickly his mind works mm. is what Dennis is more interested in telling people because th- that aside, the touch and the going around, it's the way he finished it. It mm. was like there weren't even a goalkeeper there. It was like it was a foregone conclusion that this is going to be a goal. You kind of picked that up from him in training. Dennis wasn't somebody that went round the goalkeeper when he didn't have to, like, Brazilian Ronaldo could just go up to the goalkeeper, do that step over, bam, and go round him. And he enjoyed it. Yeah, Dennis, Dennis saw the space, and it was something my teacher told me from a young age. So when you see the space, you know, finish in the space. Dennis finished clinically in the space when it was there to be finished. Chip, whatever it was, you know what I mean? Slot, everything. It was, it was like snooker, because you don't... There's some of these finishers, you know... People talk about Henri finishing, yeah. opening the body up, but that was something people were doing for years, obviously. Yeah. And this clin- almost a moment where you can put it a foot from the from the goalkeeper's foot mm. and roll it, yeah. because you're like his weight is a certain way. There's yeah. no way he's yeah. going to reach that at the time. The same as well when you try to explain to people that you don't have to beat the goalkeeper; so you go through the goalkeeper. Mm. You know what I mean? You can go through the goalkeeper's arm here. The goalkeeper comes out, it goes through his leg. It's through the goalkeeper. Yeah, it goes through here. It doesn't have to be precise in corners. Sometimes you're close enough and you just have to go through him. You've seen it where you try to go through him, it's the goalkeeper in the face and it might go over or he saves it. But sometimes you don't have to be that precise from where you are. And they're not expecting you to go through them, are they? They're not expecting... No, no, they're not expecting that close because they, they, they're expecting maybe you're trying to get it over there or trying to get it over there. But sometimes you see a goalkeeper do something and it go in here, go under the arm. So what's your favourite finish that we really don't know about? Because, you know, we've seen your... Palace goals and, you know, Arsenal, some of the Burnley stuff. Well, actually, even there you were scoring like, you know, one every two or three games. Mm. But what finish are you most proud of that we that we would not have seen? Like, could it be on the training ground or Sunday League? Or You know what goals are like versus the ones from the from the corner and then someone's waiting on the edge of the box and they volley it in? I used to score goals like that on left foot and right foot on Sunday because when I started playing professional football, I, I was always had to be in the box right. on the goalkeeper. But it was, a, it was a thing that I scored it a couple of times mm. where I volleyed it and it just was... Like, I think Lota Mateo scored one. I scored one. Remember that one for Bayern? Yeah, Nicky very scored? well, very well, yeah. And I remember it was that. Remember the one Paul Skull scored against Villa? Very yeah. well. And beautiful and goal. Bradford too, yeah. Yeah. And, um, and there's... Um, the, the, the ones that I like is, is, the, is the, what, the left foot one. Anything with left foot volleying that, because I taught myself how to kick in my left foot was the ones that I like what flew into the into the net. How about the one against uh, Italy in the Tournoi? Oh yeah, that was a nice one. Paul that, Scholes that's a great goal. But what was good about that is because it was Chiro Ferrara and Cannavaro. And I played <laughs> against Cannavaro a few times, scored penalties, scored goals. But the um, when he played for Napoli, um, and but like I loved playing against them because they were the best and they were it, they were Italy. And I was up front on my own and I ran them all over the place. And the same when we played them in Rome when we drew mm. nil nil. Ran all over the place and I should have scored. I hit the post with that one. But like that particular one was, again, when you've got someone, I had Paul Scholes, young Paul Scholes, and I'm a willing runner and he had time on the ball. That pass. Chilled, yeah, it just, it would, and you know what? The pass came to a point then it hit the, hit the ground and spun into your, into your path. And then that just, it was just set up. Clean. Yeah, didn't even, didn't even think of the goalkeeper. Didn't even think of him. You know, and people used to say, yeah, but when he, can, when he plays for England, he, he's, um, he was more tensed. I never even thought about that when, uh, when that ball came over. That tournament was almost like a golden era, weirdly, I said, 97. Mm. That, the football that we saw in that tournament, actually, yeah, was man. something else. Remember, it was the, it was the um, what's his name, um, Carlos, uh, the, the Roberto Carlos free, free kick. kick. Yeah. 
You know what I mean? It was it was it was, it was fantastic. It was a brilliant tournament. I'm just, I'm just thinking about that free kick. I've not thought about that for a yeah. while. <laughs> yeah, it's it's super, it was it was brilliant. We was in a hotel watching it. It was amazing. There's something I wanted to ask. Um, there's a finish of ours that I really enjoy. It's I'm not sure it was against Newcastle where the ball gets hammered across the box. Oh yeah. And the keeper comes at your feet expecting you to like rip it. Absolutely. And yeah. you floated it over yeah. him. Yeah. To him the point and, where him and um, Albert. And he's watching the, the funny thing about that finish is you see him it's like one of those like uh, Kill him. Kill him. you know what it's like? It's like it's like those um disaster movies when the dinosaur sees the meteor coming and yeah. he's like, I can't well, stop it. Like yeah, he's just watching, he's just watching. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Actually that's that's do you know what I think that's the most common thread throughout every single goal you've ever scored is the the camera cut to the keeper's face. I love that. Yeah. It's and it's usually the same thing. It's just caught, like, there was what, the amazing one with Southall. Yeah, that was the one. That's my best goal I ever scored that one against Everton. But when I was a child, my goalkeeper, my my teacher, Mr. Pigden, would, um, I used to get close to the goalkeeper and used to blast it because he just he used to blast it. I was mm. eight. You know? And I remember he was the first person to talk about Jimmy Greaves passing it into the net mm. giving the goalkeeper no chance give the goalkeeper no no one to blame apart from the fact that he's done everything right and he's still been beaten so that he has that bemused confused lost look it's not fair face. it's not it's fair. not fair that's the face I just think if you were playing <laughs> today the amount of memes you'd be making honestly could you imagine it's just listen it's like it's, and, 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 the, and the thing that about it is, is you only see it afterwards and it is a, 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 a real sign a pure respect that they have to give you simply because <laughs> you've beaten them all hands up. They, they've done all their their goalkeeping work in respect of getting in the right place. Remember Neville Southall's in the right place. But I just thought to myself, hang on, man, this is I don't need to blast this here. He's got to be where he was. So I just lift it over that side of the goal. If it goes in, it's gonna be a great goal. If it doesn't, the crowd are gonna say, Oh, that was nearly a brilliant goal, but scored it. You know, it's, it's the, the one against Newcastle was brilliant. I remember it was, um, uh, what happened was, is uh, Warren Barton tried to play it down the line really flimsily and Nigel Winterburn dispossessed him. And I remember walking back and then your eyes light up when something like that happens because you can see the space where Nigel's going to play into. And um, all I was thinking was the goalkeeper is thinking that because it's coming along the ground like this, you're going to slide it in. So what happened was... Not today, best, mate. <laughs> <laughs> and what, was good, what, what, what I liked about that one is that instinctively I knew just it's coming at such a good pace, just let it roll off the, the front of the toe and it will go over him and in. And what I loved about the way that one went in is that when it hit, hit, the, hit the ground, it really was spinning. Spin, yeah, yeah. Span right in. I really liked that. And it was a time where I was having a really poor time with, um, with Bruce Riock. And knows that that goal and uh, it's funny. I think Leeds as well. I'm not sure. Yeah, that might have been under him as well. You know, scored some of the best goals under him because he was another manager. I don't know what it was, but said, "I just want you to play within the width of the 18-yard box. Just make your runs in and around here like this." Mm. And it's again, you know, what I mean, it was it's this music to me, music. So it's like it's like the surgeon. It's like the theatre where you go to work, isn't it? That's where it is, man. He knows that they know that if I'm getting chances created, I'm probably there's a good chance I'm going to take one. And it's only now you look back and you think that they had a lot of faith in you in that mm-hmm. respect. That goal that you mentioned actually it reminded me a little bit of you remember the one that Messi scored last season against Betis. Yeah, man. And Paul, it cuts to Paul Lopez, and yes. Paul Lopez is just like. I don't know what the Spanish um, is for, like, what the fuck do you expect me to do? So, how many goals did we watch the other day that, on, that, on that DVD? Goodness me, all of yours, yeah. Your, pretty much all the like, Arsenal goals. Mm. We watched them all. 
and the finishes, the amount of names that we kind of reeled off through that. And I'm not saying <laughs> yeah. that because you're here, mm. we, but we were like, that's like the Henri finish. Mm. Yeah. Oh, that's like a messy finish. Oh, that's like a so-and-so finish. That's, oh, that's, that's, like that's why I say David Villa. It's like the range, yeah. like the range of finishing. We were saying that if you yeah. were playing today, if you were playing for Arsenal mm. today, you'd be linked with everyone every season. You know, Sam, if, if I was playing for Arsenal today, um, you, you still need service, man. Yeah, yeah. You know, so, you know, you look at Messi and, and Villa and you talk about all those players, every single one of those players had fantastic service. Yeah. And, and, and add to that, someone like Messi can... Uh, do it himself, yeah. But like the one con- common denominator with all of that is service, and in the in the current Arsenal side, you know, Bamiang, you know, what I mean, somebody who I see as literally, he's D'Artagnan, man. He is mm. a swordsman in the goal. So you know, you just want to get chances to him, and that's what I was fortunate with. I had chances, plus I'd always. In a game, I would always make sure I'd done something myself. I'd get two, three chances if I could to shoot, and I'll take them. Was it the goal under Arsene, Blackburn? Mm. Uh, yeah. That, I love that goal, man. There's something about that goal that it's almost like someone's designed it as kind of like a mixture of pre-Arsene and mm. now Arsene's here with you, but Patrick and the mm. through ball. Oh, gosh. And it was like... You're talking about, it must be talking the second one, Patrick's yeah. through ball. It's, it, it, that, he's, he must have been... 20 yards away from him and he hit this ball with the outside of his right foot in between two two defenders and you know what it, it, it was such a good part I, it just you know what I was running and I just made it hit the your side your touch is like yeah, you know what I just let it hit the side of the foot because I know that as long as it hits the side it of the foot it's just going to keep going across me and, and so once I've done that you get to a position where the, the defender's on the, on the side where he can't do anything. The goalkeeper's going to have to come at some yeah. stage. So you just lift it. It's like walking a dog. It's like you're walking yeah. a dog almost. You're like, you know yeah, I mean? yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. You know, <laughs> and then you just flick it and you know. But like, what I liked about the first one is because I started to move in my, in mm. my own half and it was something that I was pleased with simply because I, I didn't want to get involved in anything other than linking the play. It was so quick how it happened. The ball came to me, I went bam, bam to Nigel and then I just just fucking set off and then John Hartson who was I can't remember um, Henning Berg John Hartson Nigel hit a long diagonal one too and he literally battered Henning Berg with this challenge <laughs> and it came over to me you got to watch it oh, no one wants that problem yeah. and he battered him and then as it came I went to like I was going to shoot just cut back inside and put it and I was really happy with that because it's something that you do a lot in training and it's something as well that because they know that you're left footed and right footed you're on they have to commit to that especially when, take, especially when you take a touch that's the thing it's one thing to be two footed when you shoot but when they know you're capable of taking a first touch with your left foot which is a totally different yeah. skill mm. then you become this is why it's, it's, it's paramount it's, it's like it's, it's something that as a professional football you have to be two footed it's not like oh yeah you can get away with it Paul Merson uh, as a professional football was the only player I've seen uh, I've never seen him use his left foot he literally could do everything with his right foot he scored one with the outside of his right actually one time everything mm. with his right foot everything with his right foot and it, like, like I say in, in respects of finishing so when they know that it's another arrow that you've got in your quiver because like they have to commit themselves because they think you're going to shoot just cut back in and 
Does it kind of blow? Sorry, does it kind of blow your mind how more professional footballers aren't two-footed? Yeah, I, I'd see that because then you're instantly um, at a disadvantage because just show you on that side because they say, okay, let him go that side. Worst ways, is he going to get a clean strike? Um, you know, so the, the more likely that he's not going to hit it cleanly, the goalkeeper might have a better chance of saving it rather than let him come inside and shoot with his strong foot. You've got to put people onto their weaker foot. Yeah. And as a defender, you should know who um, has got a weaker left foot or right foot. That's something that comes with it as part of your job. You should know that. Do you remember Messi, I think Messi scored from 25 yards? I think it was Villarreal, I'm not sure. He scored a beauty from 25 yards and it wasn't a powerful strike, it was a curler. Mm. And you could see defenders then being like, this Houston, we have a problem. We have a problem. Because Messi is doing, you know, it's like, it's like when a toddler like first starts we, walking. We were good, guys. When, they, when a child starts walking, you're like, oh my goodness, yeah, it's over. Like, but now we now have it. It's going to start rampaging. Yeah. Yeah. And then what, yeah, but yeah. what you look at with Messi, um, and Ronaldo's very, he's, he's very natural with his left foot as well. Messi, when you, you can see when he's going to hit with his right foot, there is, it's, it's not as beautiful as obviously his mm. left. But like, he does it. He shoots with it whenever he can. He'll try everything with it. Can't stop Messi. But also backlift, right? So I want to talk about, because Bergkamp was the king of, there's no, a Kano, no actually, Kano did a lyric about Bergkamp backlift. It's very quick, you know. So you know you made it. Bergkamp backlift, and I'm like, yeah, Bergkamp but. Bergkamp backlift, there's yeah, nothing of it. There's no, but you, you were not really a big backlift guy either. No. Do you know something? It wasn't, um, I want to say, clean strike. Like you see, like Dennis, when he scored his second goal in, for, his, for us when he, when, when, when he after he hadn't scored for a while the yep. first goal he volleyed it in Britain but the second one clean strike just clean and even at the end of that season I think he hit one to help us qualify for Euro, Europa League or whatever it was at the time UEFA just clean I didn't I wasn't in that position where you know I could get it out of my feet and blast it there's a couple of goals early on where you know the ball came over and I was outside the box you nudge it forward then you smash it um, but like I wasn't that guy where it was just sitting there and I just clean strike where you know that pure strike where yeah of course shoot. it stays flat like yeah. a skull start still yeah, rising was, yeah still rising beautiful 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 striking which strikers because you it was funny listening to you talk because when you talk about strikers and people you learned from it was like to listen to like a DJ discuss their record collection <laughs> right you had all these different styles which players which strikers do you look at today you mentioned Aubameyang do you like it and go I really enjoy watching these strikers, these these swordsmen in particular. Who are the kind of you look at the swordsmen today? Who are the ones that you're like, yeah, that's that's art. Um, well, I'd, I'd like um, Diego Costa, Suarez, Aguero, Kane. Let me see. I'm not sure about Gabriel Jesus because I don't see him enough as a. He seemed to have gone off the boil slightly. I think. Some, yeah, but like he scores goals because he's in a great team, and you think that yeah, you should be, but I don't see unbelievable great movement and you think oh what a lovely bit you don't see the volume of goal scoring and movement I saw saw Rashford's score against Liverpool where not long ago I was saying about his movement in the box is not very good it wasn't good in that particular time and then the movement he'd done for the goal when Daniel James squared it for him and he moved that way he's coming in at pace and he really went left and he bam went right and he had like five yards of space bam he put it in I love seeing stuff like that I love seeing near post movement um, I love seeing defenders um, not knowing what's going to happen when you're running in at the edge of the box and then you don't it doesn't need much just a drop of the shoulder left or right 
gives you half a yard. Actually, yeah, how much did you talk to defenders about what they hate? Because I mean, look, I played football at a, a level that is a joke, frankly. The one thing I did, the one thing I did do, yeah, come on, let's be honest. Yeah, let's be honest. (laughs) But I I played as a striker and then only for two years I played Mm. defence midfield. This was a cheat code because all of a sudden I learned what defenders, I learned Mm. what kind of movement defenders hated. Did you ever talk to like elite defenders about what do they hate to see? Well, the elite defenders, you speak to like someone like Des Walker. Of course, yeah, yeah. Tony Adams and guys like that. The problem they have is if there's space behind and you're quick, and a Dennis Burkamp or someone of that has got time on the ball because yeah. mm. you, you can do anything. You can you peel off to the side. Mm. You know what I mean? You can get slipped down the side. There's nothing they could do. It's just that the, the very top defenders, what I found was, and I remember speaking to Des and he says, I'm not actually worried about what you're doing because the, the top players know what he can do with mm. the ball. So if he's got a midfielder who's head down, you're trying to make a movement because you trying to lose it this ain't gonna he's not gonna fall for that because the guy hasn't got time he hasn't got his head up so he can't really hit you so people like Des Walker and the top players what I had to learn was they're not looking at that they're not looking at me and trying to make this move they're looking at how much time he's got on the ball that's so interesting and I that's what it comes down to when you're playing against that's what I found at international level and I thought Jesus okay I get it now was that the difference international you know, absolutely yeah that's so absolutely because now you know what I mean you're dealing with Players that if they've got time on the ball, um, then the defender's got a problem, especially if you've got pace, because then you can either go short, go long to come short, then he's got to make a move, or you go to go long if, if they're too high. But it all depends on how much time the midfielder's got on the ball. That's how I played my whole game. Mm. And depending on how high the line was, when the ball's going from back across to Tony Adams, maybe across to Nigel, into the midfield, how much time has he got? Then once you stick, so if I'm on the defender, I'm, I'm in front of you, Ryan, mm. then I pull to the side, he's got a problem because he's got time. Is he going to go long? Am I going to go? So I can, you can actually go like that and see what he does. And he will, if he does that, you know I've got him today. That's so interesting. Yeah, yeah I know I've got him today because with someone with t- he's more worried about me. Look, 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 can see the guy on the ball hasn't got the time. Mm. But if you do that, you know that he's jittery. So then you can you can do what you want with the defender in that respect because he's afraid. Can I flip it the other side? Is yeah. thinking back now, what was the game you can remember that you're like, shit, I haven't got this guy. Russia played against um, Russia under Grit and Graham Taylor's time. Um, I watched a lot of Gary Lineker, great movement and brilliant stuff. Watched every, all, all of the guys like, like Gary Lineker, Ian Rush, their movement, the sharp movement. But played against Russia at Wembley and literally got marked out of the game. I didn't even, didn't even control it from the, the throw on. He literally marked me out of the game, didn't move. Um, and when I did get any kind of joy from him, make move, just fouled me. Um, and what I learned from that was... Um, I've got to, I can't stand as as tight on him. I can't let him have me. Feel, as, like I feel. can't let him feel me. And I've got to do more in respect of going and getting involved. And that's where people like Gaz would say, right, you come and have a couple of touches. and then, You know what I mean? Because then you're pulling him out of position and taking him wide and stuff like that. But what I found when I was being marked tight was your touch had to be better. Mm. And you, you had to link the play properly. Um, it was a brilliant education for me, that game. Especially after that, I used to get Martin Keown to mark me in training every single time we had a game. Every training match, Martin Keown would mark me. He was as rough and as and mm. in training, it got rough. You know, sometimes we'd, we'd clash simply because 
I wanted him to do that to me because he said, yeah, it'll do you good. No one's going to mark you like this on a regular basis. You're dealing with stuff you're never going to have to deal with on a Saturday. And that was his right. excuse for kicking you. Yeah, but it was good because <laughs> he'd done the same to Thierry once he, when you speak to him. So mm. it was something that helped me, having someone like Mike Kiel mark you that tightly in training. In the NBA, you get people training with older players or retired players in the, in the holidays. How many strikers or forwards ever came to you just for a bit of advice, like a, a coffee or a chat about, look, I, I want to get better at that. Does that happen? Well, Does that happen? I, speak to, I speak to a lot of people. I speak to Romelu, um, Ashby. You know what I mean? Even the other day, I went to Bristol speaking to the young guy, Semenya. Um, you know, all they all get your number at some stage. I used to speak to all of them. I love you, that. You mentioned Carlton Cole. You speak to all of them and I speak to them about how they play, what they're... What they're like Carlton was a more right, big striker. You know what I mean? You just talk to them. But the main thing I'd say to all of those guys is, is about um, you're judged on the goals. And as much as the link in the play and all that is integral to the team and everything that's going on, you're judged on scoring goals. And I always try to say to them, you've got to make sure that you're hitting the target on a regular basis. I speak to everybody. Everybody gets the number at some stage and I'll speak to them about... How flattering is that when they get in touch? It's nice. It's a nice thing because like some of them say things like, yeah, I was watching Match of the Day and I saw your, saw your analysis and that, like I've done with Marcus and that. And he said, yeah, and then, you know, just to see Marcus make that move, I'm not saying it was me, but, like, to see him make that move is saying, yeah, he's starting to think about it when he gets in the box. People are talking about whether he's natural or not. That was natural striker's movement, you know what I mean? So, at the end of the day, there's, I've got a lot to tell them, you know what I mean? They'll search you out and they'll find you. I love that. Yeah. Was there anyone that you, whose number you had or you went to when you were playing who was retired? Um, you know, I used to speak to a lot of Garth Crooks. Garth Crooks, Love used Garth to, Crooks. Yeah, Crooks used to speak to me a lot um, in respects of like what I need to do and you know he always used to be so um, uh, detrimental towards himself in respects of what I was as a player and what he is as a player um, he scored goals in the relegation yeah, zone he did the hard um, yeah, he, he scored some difficult goals yeah. but he used, to, he used to talk to me about mainly my your personality take that with you every single time you know what I mean? He used to always tell me that they're so afraid of you. He used to always say they're so afraid of you. Do not give them the opportunity to be um, what they expect a young South London so-called street guy to be. But don't lose the drive um, and the aggression and, and the passion that drives you. And just continuously express yourself. It, that's the kind of thing he used to say to me. That's kind of the best advice in a way. Yeah, it was. You know, Steve Koppel was the one who gave me the best advice firstly was... Once I got through the trial, the only trial I ever got through, he, he just said to me, never change your outlook on the way you see football being played in the last third. Just do what you do, you know. What, one last question for me, because we're almost done. I mean, yeah, yeah. The pie mash getting cold. But <laughs> first of all, yeah, like, this has been an absolute education and a pleasure. But your relationship, this is not about finishing, your relationship with the fans, I see that your relationship with them, and I sometimes wonder to myself, are you, were you so close to them because at some point maybe the dream died, you were just doing your thing and you kind of got plucked out and given this opportunity at Palace? Mm. Is your bond with the fans, how much is the bond with your fans so close because you were like, at some level I'm still one of them because I was an adult doing mm. my thing, mm. feeding my family mm. and I got given this opportunity but I always still have one foot in the real world. How mm. much of it was that? Um, yeah, it, was, it was nice to all of a sudden you, you're getting that love, didn't have a lot of love um, you know, like 
given to me right like, as a as a youngster and then all of a sudden you know you get to a 22 year old and you're playing football and people love you you know and you know they, they see you on the street and everything or they see you when you're playing and it was just an adulterated love because of what you're doing I was literally addicted to that that's why I just used to jump in crowds and you know what I mean and always celebrating with them because and now people are, they still come up to you and they they've just given you so much love for for what you've done a certain goal you scored and and things like that so the the I think the, the relationship with the fans was something that because it came late, it was, wasn't something I took for granted. I genuinely appreciated the fact that, um, you know what I mean, they they liked me. It was beautiful. For, it was lovely to get that kind of love. Because I was so naughty in that when I was younger, people didn't want me around their houses and all that sort of stuff. <laughs> Only my brother. And so, you know, all of a sudden, you know what I mean, you're getting love in abundance from the fans. It was amazing. I think when you signed, I was six. Yeah. And I loved you, and you made my dad cry a lot. So, uh, man, thanks so much for That's talking cool, to us. This is an absolute pleasure. Thanks for yeah, no, spending time with us. Yeah, thanks very much, man. I loved. I liked talking about finishing. This has been the art of finishing. Got to, got to finish the pie and mash now. <laughs> yeah, let's finish it. <laughs> that was fun. It was awesome. It was. <laughs> it was so good. Mate. A life, a life making moment. And af- after yeah. that, we we ate, we enjoyed our pies and mash. We did indeed. Then we watched Arsenal defeat Vittoria with two fine free kicks. From Nicolas Pepe. It did indeed. Ah, oh, that was good. It was absolutely amazing. I think it might be the best day of my life. It was, I can say of footballing experiences, I would say it's my best football-related experience. In terms of life experiences, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's oh. high. It's high up there. Oh, high amazing. Up there. Yeah. And uh, he's, on, he's out in Australia. He is indeed in the Walking jungle. planks and fighting scorpions. <laughs> Beyond the reach of, of social media. Hey, yeah. scorpion in a sock, your thing. Scorpion in a sock, yeah. He's actually gone to find one. <laughs> he took it to you literally. He's, he's <laughs> going to disprove your theory. <laughs> he's scorpion truther. <laughs> scorpion truther. <laughs> I actually said that, didn't I? Scorpion yeah. Oh my goodness. Quick reminder before we go, if you are listening on Apple Podcasts, please give us a rating and a review. It really helps us grow the podcast. If you enjoyed this, feel free to send it to anyone who you might think will also enjoy it. Yes, and we're on Twitter at Stadio. We're on Instagram at Stadio Football. And we're playing out because the vibes were so nice. Perfect segue. We're playing out with Mr. Barrington Levy. The vibes is right. The vibes is right. And Ruth and I'll be back on Monday. You will indeed. See you then. Bye. Walk with your tape and you can't say
Now I know 